truly we give honor to God who is so gracious to each and every one of us. Our God is awesome. He's worthy to be praised. And it's good to be back at Christ Presbyterian one more time. It's good to see your face. It was warmer the last time. <laughs> but God blesses us even in the heat and even with the colder weather. We trust that God is continuing to bless you mightily. And I bring you greetings from Solid Rock Community Baptist Church, your sister church. I bring you greetings from Bishop Curtis L. Shared. But again, it's just good to be here one more time. I believe I was here also last year around this time. So I guess I must be doing something right. <laughs> I keep getting invited back. But God has a word for us today. And in times like these, we need to hear a word from the Lord. Because how many of you know really understand that's how we're, ever, we're only going to make it through the word of God. This trouble in times. This trouble on every side. But God keeps us. He stills us with his mighty word because his word is true. The word of God has already been read, but I just want to lift up one verse of scripture, and that would be verse number 12. And verse number 12 reads simply and succinctly. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And that's the subject I would like to lift up for you today. And that subject simply is another way home. There is another way home. Thank God for Pastor Tracy. Thank God again for this leadership at this church. And I don't feel slighted. <laughs> but um, you might be upset because I am a Yankees fan. My family grew up and they lived in the Bronx, so <laughs> couldn't get around that one. But as my days on this earth have grown to be almost over a little over a half century, my tolerance level for things without purpose have reached a level of no tolerance. I'm at the point where if it doesn't make sense, then why do it? I'm at the point, if you're not going to grow from an experience, then why do it? If you're not going to gain anything out of that experience, then why do it? If it doesn't cause you to grow, if it doesn't cause increase in your life, then why do it? If it doesn't teach you anything, then why are you still doing it? My brothers and sisters, time is not at a premium and we don't have any more time to ever waste. Whatever we do in, in life and, and as this past year has taught us, it needs to have purpose and it 
better have a benefit in our lives because you can't get time back and surely you'll regret the years that you wasted with idle things and even idle people. The old saying is still true. Youth is wasted on the young. I think I got some witnesses. <laughs> it's true for many reasons, but when you're young, you, you, you aren't goal driven because you think that you have an endless amount of time ahead of you. So living in the moment won't hinder you. Then when you look back over your life, if, if you live long enough, you will realize all the time that you wasted doing things without goals, vision, and even purpose. How much time do you waste hanging out with your friends? You might call that you're having fun, but what is the purpose and what's the goal? Thinking back over my life, me and my friends, we could hang out with some of the best of them. But that's all we did. We hung out and wasted time. We didn't get any awards for how many alcoholic beverages we could drink. We didn't win any trophies for how many drugs that we could put into our bodies. We didn't get any certificates of accomplishment for how many women we could take advantage of. We didn't get any championship belts for all the fights that we might have had in the streets. We didn't get any Super Bowl rings for playing Madden football games all night long. All we did was waste time, and all that did was make us broke and older. So I want you to know today, it doesn't make sense to do something without a purpose. We, we, why go to school to just play around and not get your education? Why work a job to just get a paycheck and never look to advance? And why would you seek after Jesus and never want to change. Einstein said it like this, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. That's why you can't expect to achieve something without having a goal. Don't expect to receive a benefit in your life from doing something without having purpose for it in your life. Don't expect to thrive in your life if you don't have a vision in your life. And don't expect to change your life if you aren't seeking Christ in your life. Anything else is just insanity. And by the condition of this world, Insanity is alive and it's well. And unfortunately, it's coming to the church universal. Not the body of Christ, but the church universal. And it saddens my heart to, to view the number of churches that we even have in this city and, and see the level of degradation that's going on all around us. Something's wrong with this picture. Some things are synonymous like Christ and change. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. Or maybe that's not your favorite. They go together like macaroni and cheese. 
You can't have one without the other. So you can't say that you are in Christ and Christ is in you and then you don't ever change. That's an impossibility. That's why my heart hurts seeing this many churches without seeing any change going on. Something's wrong with this picture. And the last time I checked, I said the last time I checked, God still has all power in his hands. I said the last time I checked, the blood still works. The last time I checked, death still doesn't have its sting and the grave still holds no victory over us who are in Christ Jesus. Last time I checked, Jesus is still holding the keys that gave us a new home over in God's glory. Lives aren't being changed on the inside and lives aren't being changed on the outside. I said, something's wrong with this picture. Somebody's not telling the truth because you can't come seeking Christ and then stay in the same condition that you're in. How can you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God who was raised from the grave early that Sunday morning over 2,000 years ago and then never change? Something's wrong with that picture. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear the Jesus story, something starts moving on the inside. I feel like Jeremiah because he said it felt like fire shut up in my bones. If there's no change in your life, then all you're doing is wasting time. Church without Christ is like cake without sugar. It just doesn't work. And if you come to church not expecting change, then you're just hanging out, doing nothing but wasting time. Your life will be powerless and your life will be meaningless. Our world is full of people who waste their time in the church building but never change. They run to all, I know that doesn't happen here, but they run to all the meetings. They sit on all the boards. They count all the money. They usher at the doors. They sing in the choir. They preach in the pulpit. They cook in the kitchen. They dress in black suits on Sunday, and they even call themselves missionaries. But they never seek Christ for change. We don't have any more time to waste that's why today's text is of the utmost importance. This is not some cute story about three kings from Orientar bearing gifts they travel so far. No, 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 it's not that kind of story. This story is about the heart of those that diligently seek after Christ. This story is about the heart of true worshipers. The gospel writer Matthew, under the power of the Holy Ghost, he puts pen to paper and he records this story in the early life of Christ for us today. Matthew writes from the Jewish perspective to give them evidence of Christ as being the promised Messiah. And not only does, not only does this provide them with conclusive evidence, 
But he lets us know that this truly is the son of the living God who came down through 42 human generations so that he could give mankind the greatest gift of all, eternal life, by his sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Matthew lets them know that Jesus was born the way God said when he told them in Isaiah's gospel that the prophet wrote in the seventh chapter in the 14th verse, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew told them and reminded us that this happened just like God said it would happen. Jesus was born by Mary and Joseph by the Holy Ghost and they called him Emmanuel or God with us. And I don't know about anybody else, but just his name alone is something to get excited about. I said just his name alone is something to shout about. Just knowing that his name alone can cause demons to tremble gives me strength to walk each and every day. Emmanuel, God with us. We serve a God who not only loves us, but a God who came down to be with us and take away our very sin. And we know that when God is with us, God is for us. And when God is for us, tell me who can be against us. That's good news right there. That's the kind of news that you don't want to waste time with. You want to embrace it and seek after it with everything that you have. That news has purpose, and that news will provide you with benefits, eternal benefits, eternal blessings. Let, let me just hurry on. Forgot I'm not at solid rock, so let me just... Matthew tells us that Jesus was born during the 35th reign, year of the reign of King Herod, who was given the title the Great. But by his actions, we know he was anything but great. This is significant on many levels because, because it was also the fulfillment of Genesis 49.10. When Jacob was telling his children what their last days would be like, he said, the scepter should not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. My brothers and sisters, you always can stand on the promises of Almighty God. When Jesus was born, Shiloh came. Shiloh means sent. And when Jesus was sent, there would be a transfer of power from the earthly kingdoms to the heavenly and now spiritual kingdom. And as a sign of this, there would be a gathering of the people to him. These wise men from the east are the fulfillment of this prophecy. These men speak to the drawing power of Jesus to Christ. Christ was born to draw people to him. Jesus even said it himself, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. From birth to crucifixion, Christ draws people unto him. And when you're drawn unto Christ, you will never be the same 
again from the birth of Christ until this moment in the text today, almost two years has gone by. Jesus was no longer an infant lying in a manger, but he was now a young child living with his parents in a house. For a two-year period, after the greatest birth announcement this world has ever seen, Jesus was living in almost complete obscurity. That's why we have to rest in the fact that God's time is not our time. And God's ways are not our ways. God will fulfill everything that he's ever promised to you. But it might not be on your time. It might not be when you want it. But let, I, I need to let you know today, God's time is still always on time. The Bible says, after this almost two-year period, wise men from the east come into Jerusalem. This would have been a normal thing because Jerusalem had become a melting pot for all nationalities to congregate and to conduct some business. But this visit was not normal because these wise men or magi or astrologers from the Persia, Iraq, or Iran area, they came with a question. With their full entourage of hundreds of people, not just three wise men, but hundreds of people, they go straight to the king's palace and they ask the question, where is he that was born king of the Jews? They started this journey two years ago when they saw his star and now they go to the place where they believe that the king should be and ask the question, where is he who was born king of the Jews? They looked to the heavens all their lives. They looked at the stars hoping that one day they would be able to behold the bright and morning star for themselves. And on the surface, these men seemed to be pagan. But if you look a little bit deeper, these men had a calling from God and were being led by his divine will. All their lives, they studied the stars, but they were never moved until they saw God's star. That's why you can't say who God can't use. They might not look like us or even act like us, but that doesn't mean that God won't use them and even have a relationship with them. Jesus is no respecter of persons, and when it comes to the heart of a man or a woman, he's diligently seeking after them. For years, they followed God's star where he was leading them. Wherever he led them, they followed that's what purpose will do for you. When you're living a life of purpose and being led by God, your situations and your circumstances, they won't really matter. The only thing that matters is God's will for your life. They focused on God's star and nothing else mattered. You don't waste time when you're focused on God's will for your life and your eyes are fixed on God's star. And we know that God's star, his name is Jesus. 
You won't be distracted by the idle things of this world when you're focused on God's star and you're walking in his will. I said, if you are a diligent seeker of Christ, you will go where he sends you, you will say what he tells you, and you will do what he wants you to do without hesitation or equivocation because you are following the star and being led by his spirit. For two years, these men never complained. And the only time that they had a problem was when they couldn't see the star anymore. As long as they were following his star, they were good. But the minute his star was gone, they had a big problem. So they go to the place that they believed that the king should be, and they ask the question, where is he who's born king of the Jews? They went to Herod's palace, and hear me, they went to Herod's palace asking, where is the king? They went to Herod's palace asking, where is the king? See, being in the will of God, it'll cause you to do some mighty bold things. And that's how you know change is coming to your life. Because you'll do some things that you normally wouldn't do in your flesh. They had one goal in life. And that goal was to see the king who was born to take away the sins of the world. They were seeking one thing, and that was to see the king. That's what purpose is all about. You want change in spite of obstacles and circumstances that try to hinder you. Bishop Sherrod tells us at Solid Rock all the time, when the reason is big enough, the facts don't count. It didn't matter that they were strangers in this foreign land. It didn't matter that they were outnumbered and outmanned. It didn't matter that they were in Herod's palace asking, where is another king? The only thing that mattered to them was finishing their course and seeing Jesus for themselves. Personal well-being didn't matter. Political correctness didn't matter. Hurt feelings didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was seeing Jesus for themselves. That's how much Jesus has to mean to us if we call ourselves Christians. Because if you're a Christian, then you must be sold out for Christ to the point where nothing else matters. COVID doesn't matter. Sickness doesn't matter. Death doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is seeking Jesus for yourself. See, I lived this life with the sole purpose, one purpose, that one day I'm going to see the master face to face. That's why I can't let nothing hinder me. See, I'm living this life so that I will live again. That's why I don't have time to waste with powerless people who don't want to change. The wise men could not see the star, so they went to the palace where they believed that the king should be. But when they got there, they didn't find the king that they were looking for. You know, that's like going to church. It's like going to a church that doesn't lift up Christ. He should be there, 
but he isn't. Because it's filled with people who won't let the Lord be the head of their lives. So I have to ask this question. Is your light so shining so that you can direct a dying soul to the king of glory who can take away all their sin and all of their shame? Can this dying world see the king in you? Or are you able to still live in life without purpose? And are you still wasting time? Let me rush to the conclusion of this matter. And I had to ask the question to the Lord. Lord, why did you hide the star from them when it had come so far? They followed it, Lord, for almost two years, and now they've gotten so close. And why did you hide the star from them? I like to talk to the Lord like that. Because the Lord always gives me an answer. Would you like to know what he told me? He told me, simply, the best things aren't always going to be easy. The best things aren't always going to be easy. See, it would have been easy for these wise men to follow this star all the way to the house where Jesus was. But your heart for God is determined not on your good days, but your heart for God is determined on those bad days, those days when tears have to flow from your eyes, when things just don't go your way. That's when your heart, and you know if it's determined for God or not. Adversity develops character, and it defines your loyalty. It's the same argument that the devil used with Job. He told God that Job only serves you because you blessed him and you put that hedge of protection around him. Go ahead and let me take away his blessings and let me give him some adversity in his life. And you better watch. You better believe he's going to curse you and die. These wise men show the same type of dedication to seeking Christ more when the star went out than when they could see it in its full brilliance. See, they, they didn't act like so many of us and they didn't throw a pity party. They, they didn't throw in the towel and, and quit. They didn't settle for the king that was already in the palace. No, they kept pressing their way until they could see Jesus for themselves. God wasn't punishing them, but God was developing them. If they gave up when the star went out, then they weren't coming for the right reason. And if all you want is good from God and you can't handle the bad, then you're not coming for the right reason. See, the good news of the text is that they came for the right reason and they pressed their way even when the star went out. And my brothers and sisters, salvation is free and without charge, but change or regeneration doesn't come without some pain in your life. No pain means no gain and no cross means no crown. Paul put it like this, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung 
that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Adversity, it perfects us and it shows God where our loyalty truly lies. God wants to know, can you love him through the pain of change and adversity? Well, I'm so glad that these wise men passed the test. All this, this question troubled them. It troubled the king. And the Bible says when it troubled the king, it troubled all of Jerusalem. They did get an answer. The king got all the priests and scribes together and he demanded of them an answer to the question. And they told him, as the Bible says, he would be born in Bethlehem. So the king pulls them away privately and he tells them to go down to Bethlehem and look diligently for the young child. And when you find him, come back and tell me where he is. You all know the story. Whatever man means for evil, you better believe that God can turn it around for his good. Herod had no intentions of worshiping Jesus. All he really wanted to do was kill Jesus. These wise men, the minute they leave Herod and start their journey to Bethlehem, the star shows up again and leads them all the way to the Christ child. And when they saw the star, the Bible says, they greatly rejoiced. That lets us know that God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Because if God has given you a purpose in your life, you better believe that he's able to fulfill that purpose in your life. Can you just imagine the joy that was filling their souls at this time? Their lifelong goal was about to be achieved. Their heart's desire was about to be fulfilled. The long journey would soon be a distant memory because they would soon behold the king, the son of the living God. The Bible says when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother Mary and they fell down and worshiped him. That kind of reminds me of that great getting up morning, that great day when we all see Jesus for ourselves. They fell down and they worshiped him. That's what God requires. Before they could give him anything, they gave them themselves in worship. Without hindrance or restriction, they worshiped the Lord. That's what brings about a change. Unrestricted worship in spirit and in truth. They worship the Lord and in continuation of their worship, they gave him the best gifts that they had. That's the order of worship. First, you give yourself fully and then you give God the best that you have. They gave Christ frankincense, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And each gift had a meaning and each gift had a purpose. The gold spoke to him being king and would later be the element that sustained his family while they were living in Egypt. The frankincense, it spoke to his priesthood and is an instrument used in worship. The myrrh spoke to his suffering and reason for coming because myrrh was used to anoint the bodies of the dead. 
They gave him the best that they had and they worshiped him. Upon their leaving, the Bible says, they didn't go back to Herod's palace and give him the report, but rather it says they went home another way, being warned in a dream by God. My brothers and sisters, I, I want you to know today, that's what a true encounter with Christ will do. You can't seek God and have true worship and then stay in the very same condition that you're in. You can't have fellowship with God and then remain the same. Something has to change when you worship God in spirit and in truth. I said when you come to God and give him your whole being in worship, you cannot remain the same. You cannot allow Christ to be in you and you be in Christ and then Stay in your same condition. The Bible says these wise men, after worshiping Christ, were no longer the same, and they went home another way. After worshiping Christ, they didn't go home the same way that they came, but they went home another way. They even defied Herod the king. They didn't go back to Herod, but they went home another way. And when you have an encounter with Christ in worship, nothing else matters and you will stand for Christ against all odds. The safe thing would have been for them to go back to Herod. But when you come in contact with Jesus, you can't leave the same way you came in. You must go home another way. These wise men were forever changed because they came in contact with Jesus and they went home another way. These went, men didn't waste years of their life, but these two years were just an investment in their life because now they were able to reap the benefits of their investments because a change, a change, a wonderful change came over their lives. And I don't want you to think that they're the only ones that ever went home another way after having a relationship with Jesus. Because when that man that was possessed with the demons in the temple came in contact with Jesus. He went home another way because his demon was cast out and his mind was restored. When that man that broke through the roof at Peter's house came in contact with Jesus, he went home another way because he was no longer lame because he was able to pick up his bed and walk. He came in through the roof on his bed, but he went home through the door walking on his legs. When that widow at Nain came in contact with Jesus as she was on her way to the cemetery, she went home another way because her son who was dead was now alive because death was it no longer in the presence, could no longer stand in the presence of life, the way, the truth, and the life, who is Jesus Christ. I said, when that woman with the issue of blood came in contact with Jesus, she went home another way because she knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. I said, when 5,000 hungry men, not including the women, and the children came in contact with Jesus, they went home another way because Jesus knows how to make two fish and five loaves of bread multiply until there's, there's more baskets running over. I said, when the women that was caught in adultery came in contact with Jesus, she went home another way because her death sentence became her life sentence all because Jesus knew what the right 
on the ground. When Lazarus, who had been dead for four days, and Jesus said he was stinking by now, came in contact with Jesus, he went home another way because Jesus knows how to call your name even beyond the grave. I said, when a group of unlearned, unpopular fishermen came in contact with Jesus, they went home another way because Jesus could tell them all about themselves and they no longer had to catch fish, but they became fishers of men. When a persecutor named Saul came in contact with Jesus on that Damascus road, he went home another way because Jesus blinded him with a light from heaven and told him to stop kicking against the pricks. And he left home being known as Saul. But when he returned, he became known as the Apostle Paul. But one of my favorites happened on a hill called Calvary. When Jesus was hanging for you, and he was hanging for me, he came in contact with two thieves on the cross who were being crucified with him. They both mocked him in the beginning, but something happened to one of them. Something happened to one when he saw Jesus for who he really was. He stopped all his mocking, and he even started defending him. And because he saw Jesus for who he really was, he dared ask Jesus a question. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I want you to know today that that thief on the cross went home another way after coming in contact with Jesus. He came as a condemned man, but he went home as a child of God with a home in paradise. Because Jesus overcame the cross and defeated sin, you and I can go home another way. I said, because Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, we can go home another way. Because Jesus is still seeking the loss of this world, you don't have to waste any more of your time, and you can go home another way. I'm not telling you something that I, I heard about. I'm telling you something that I know about. I've seen grown men come into the church and have contact with Jesus, and they went home another way. I've seen drug dealers come into the church, have a real contact and relationship with Jesus, and be delivered, and now are delivered men of valor. I've seen pimps come into the church and have a relationship with Jesus, and now they're standing on the promises of God. And not only has he done this with some men that I know, he's done this with some women too. I've seen women come into the church abused, but go home another way because they had a real contact, worship with Jesus. I've seen women who never knew what love was really all about go home another way when they came in contact with Jesus, who is the lover of their souls. Folks with low self-esteem go home another way when they come in contact with Jesus. I tell you, you don't have to stay in the same condition that you're in in 2020. You can go home another way because the king is still on the throne and he's still sovereign and he still has everything in control. You don't have to waste any more time and you can live a life of purpose because Jesus is telling you right now, I want to have a relationship with you. You can change because Jesus is telling you right now, I want you to worship me in spirit 
And in truth, I tell you beyond a shadow or doubt, a change, a change, a wonderful change can come over you and you can go home another way. He can change your life right now. He can change the way you walk right now. He can change the way you talk right now. I said a wonderful change can come over you if you seek Christ in the pardoning of your sins. I guarantee you'll go home another way. Seek the Lord today while you still have a chance. Go home. I said go home another way. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Father. Because we know your word makes us free. Father, bless right now all those that heard your word. Give it life, Father God. So it's not just mere words on a page, but it's food for your very soul. Let it be encouragement to the believers. But most of all, Father, let it be salvation to an unbeliever. We thank you, Father, that you can save right wherever, wherever they're at right now. In this house or even on Facebook, Father God, you can save right now. Father God, you're still seeking wise men who will follow after you. Father God, raise up wise men and women in 2021. Raise up wise men and women who are not ashamed to lift up Jesus. Raise up wise men and women in 2021. Father God, who truly love to lift your name. Father, we thank you. Increase, increase, increase. In the precious name of Jesus, we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. People of God said, amen. amen.